Hey guys, before this episode, I have a quick message from one of our sponsors. Hello everyone, welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Miserak, and today we're back with another interview, joined today by Ryan Combe from Vermont University. Ryan, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good myself. Um, so, you know, at Vermont, you play soccer. Uh, you're in the midfield. But before we get into, you know, the collegiate career, um, what you've been able to do over the last couple of years, when did you first start kicking around a ball and playing the sport of soccer? Uh, I mean, like most players, started playing when you're about six or seven, just playing for your local team, local town team. Nothing crazy. I started joining club teams when I was about 10 years old, uh, maybe a little earlier, eight or nine. Um, and then when I was around 10, I got more serious about it. Again, just playing for more of a local club uh, at the time, uh, really trying to find a passion for it, really just trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. You know, when you're younger, you're usually playing three or four sports at a time, especially in America. So um, I was around 11 years old is when I realized I kind of want to, you know, take soccer and make it more of my main passion, main career. So um, when I was a freshman in high school, I ended up doing residency at DC United. So I did a residency program down there for two years and then when I was a junior in high school um, I ended up leaving and went to Barca Academy um, in Arizona for the rest of my high school career. What were some of those other sports you played growing up and did any of them ever rival coming close to being what you wanted to do? Uh, I mean I was growing up I was a big baseball player growing up to be honest uh, a little bit of basketball of course like even this day I still golf a little bit with my dad and everything like that but when I was younger before I really soccer kind of took off, I did want to be a baseball player. That was always a big sport of mine. Um, but, you know, I got to the age where I couldn't really sit around for that long at the time. So, you know, switched to more of a more of a 90 minute running around sport. But, you know, I still love baseball. I still love watching it, watch Red Sox games all the time. So you talk about, you know, your time at D.C. United. What was that like being able to develop in a program that's, you know, got some good MLS history? It was really, it was a really cool experience, uh, especially being so young. I joined the academy when I was about fourteen, and uh, leaving home at fourteen as a freshman is uh, it's a big step. So leaving to just go live at a school with new people, um, training with a brand new team that I wasn't used to outside of New England, outside of where I'm originally from, uh, was a big step. Taught me a lot. I had a lot of great opportunities to meet a lot of great players, great coaches um yeah and just being in that MLS environment very professional environment taught me a lot about what the sport is how competitive it's going to be and how tough it is this the kind of path I'm choosing you know, you mentioned earlier that you, you played for the Barca Academy what was kind of that experience like being able to wear the Barca crest and all that that was it was a pretty cool experience we did first off we had a fantastic team great coaches um it was probably one of my favorite soccer experiences of my career uh, it was a big decision to leave DC United to go there I just you know I thought it was time for a new challenge a new new environment and uh, the Barca environment was one of the best it was they really taught you a whole new way of playing the game um you woke up we lived in hotels pretty much on campus woke up walked to school every day went to school for a couple hours then trained um, get on a bus, go mostly to LA in the weekends or like other California places to to play the other academies because we're the only one in, in Arizona. So it was a lot of travel. Um, again, a very professional environment, but we, you know, we had a great team, great coaches. And it was really soccer all day, all the time. So it was, it was a really fun environment to be there for a couple of years. You mentioned that different environment, you know, obviously Barca is a, a European team and then DC United being an American team. Was that, you know, one of the differences that you noticed, you know, just coming from 
the American side of DC United to, you know, move into Barca, who has more of a European approach? Yeah, definitely. When um, So when I was at DC United, we had a lot of, at the time, the academy and U.S. soccer was all about the U.S. soccer style of play, how they want us to build out, how they want us to play um, with U.S. soccer and the MLS academies. While when I switched to Barca, they kind of taught me a whole new philosophy. They could call it the Barca way. We would have meetings positionally with the coaches that were, came over from La Masia, and they would really teach us, you know, a completely different way of looking at the game, more of a blueprint of what to do in what position, how to do it with a little creative style to it, um, and just kind of, you know, showed me spaces and showed me positions that I never really saw before. Now, you know, you spent your college career, a little bit at Akron, now you're at Vermont. Um, what went into choosing Vermont? Uh, well, a big part of it was the coaching staff, and I knew a handful of guys on the team already. When I was looking to transfer, I came on a visit. Um, before I went to Akron, I was um, already looking at UVM. I, I came on a visit to Vermont before. I had a great experience. Uh, I ended up choosing Akron at first, but when I, you know, again, looking for a new challenge, looking to change it up, I, you know, entered the portal, got texts from the UVM coaches. Uh, I reached out to them as well on my behalf and, you know, came back up for another visit, met with the guys. And it was just, they, you know, kind of welcomed me with open arms, wanted me to be here, saw a future with me here. And it was a great decision in my opinion. Yeah. So, you, you know, you mentioned um, going into the portal. So what were some of those like things like the recruiting process and the transfer portal? What were some of those things that you experienced, especially being like the DC United Academy and Barca Academy and all that stuff? It was interesting. So, um, you know, going even before the portal, just going into college, going to Akron, like you had a lot of showcases between DC United and, and Barca. We had this the U.S. soccer showcases. And then with DC United, you had Generation Adidas Cup, which is a great experience uh, that brings in a lot of different teams and, and coaches to watch. Um, so, you know, you get offers, you get interest all the time. You choose a school and then you have to tell keep those relationships with those other coaches just in case anything happens. Uh, when I entered the portal, had interest from other teams. Uh, I did have some coaches at Akron that were helping me out, getting connected. They wanted to help me um, on my pathway. Didn't really just throw me out or anything like that. It was more of let's, if you want to transfer, let's find out um, where we can help you, for you to succeed next. Um, I luckily had the UVM contact myself. So as soon as I entered the portal, um, I think they, they saw my name. They reached out to me, kept that contact open took my time with my decision on where I want to go because I was talking more than one school at the time. Um, and then, you know, when I went to my visit at UVM, that's kind of what sold it on me. I just, this is where I knew I wanted to be. You debuted uh, and it went pretty well against Merrimack. You, you put a game-winning goal. Um, and you just take me a little bit through that that experience. What was it like having such a good debut and really leaving your mark on your first match? Yeah, it was exciting, um, especially, you know, being a newcomer, new team, new school. You always want to make that good first impression. And um, it was it was tough because we had we were still kind of figuring things out here. You know, we had a great season in the end, but in the beginning, we we're still trying to feel each other out, especially me. I was I was new. I didn't really know too many guys I was playing with um, on the field. We had some injuries very early on in the season, so we didn't have our full strength team. But, you know, being able to kind of have that impact, you know, it was probably not the prettiest game we wanted to play, but the team that we have here is just one of those kind of gritty teams, hardworking teams that will play the 90 minutes. And, you know, we got the one zero win, wasn't the prettiest win, but we'll take it. And we will take three points and move on. You mentioned, you know, a couple injuries throughout the year and you being new and with the whole 
transfer portal being, you know, revamped and everything, chemistry becomes a big thing for teams. You know, how can you really adapt to that? You know, how, how was Vermont able to adapt to that this past year? Uh, it was great. We have a very good environment and community here um, within the team and even outside the team. A lot of great support staff. Um, as well as just the guys on the team are all bought in, uh, very family oriented. Everyone here, we're brothers pretty much. We're, everyone hangs out on and off the pitch together, all in great spirit, everything. Everyone loves each other. So uh, whatever happens on the field, we're able to keep on the field and and we can always hang out outside the field. And I think that, you know, it, it brings onto the pitch how we did this year. It was, you know, at training, we'll kick the crap out of each other. We'll push each other. But at the end of the day, like, we are brothers. We'll get over it. Whatever happens on the field stays on the field. So, yeah. So, you guys, you know, had a, a pretty deep tournament run this past year. What was kind of that experience like? It was a pretty cool experience. You know, we made it Elite Eight. We got – we finished ranked in the final four – or, sorry, we finished ranked in the top four, um, which was great. We had a really good run midseason where – Everything was just kind of going our way. We felt really good about it. We we're playing really good footy. Everything was just we were scoring three, four goals a game. You know, it was it was really fun to be a part of it. Um, I get I just the tournament run was a great experience as well. You know, we had, you know, I've been first round tournament I, I, here last year. They made it first round. I think everyone kind of came in with the goal saying like we're we're too good just to get knocked out first round. We have to make some sort of run. And kind of like I mentioned before, everyone really just bought into it. We had our goals we set our goals and, you know, we, we kept pushing, we kept trying to achieve them. So. Vermont being in a smaller conference, you know, making that deep run in the tournament, what's that like, you know, you're going up against these schools that are, you know, power five, big 10, big 12, um, or I guess big 12 doesn't have men's soccer, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, they have, you have these, you know, power conferences with all these, you know, big schools and here you are in Vermont, you're in the last eight, what does that mean to the team, you know, coming from a small conference, being able to do that stuff? I mean, not just the team, but even just the community. If you look back at the, our UCLA game um, in the Sweet 16, we, we went to SMU. We got a great win there. We came back 2-0 down, ended up winning 3-2, and we were able to bring back the Sweet 16 and host it here at UVM. And um, when we got out of that that day, we pretty much sold out in the first 24 hours. It was one of the most electric fields I've ever been on great state like it was everyone from not just the school and the community but people from all over Vermont and New England were coming to that game um they had a big tunnel for us they had to put down the banners so they could have more people sit just because they ran out of seating so I don't think it really just meant just to our team but just to the community of Vermont and even New England it was a big it was a big deal as your career progresses you know what goals do you have for yourself coming up in the next few years well, of course, I'm, I'm going to be a rising senior this year. Um, I do believe I have a fifth year I can possibly take, but I haven't really made a decision on that yet. But, you know, right now for myself, um, we look at our team this past year, we made it to the Elite Eight, and, you know, I feel like to keep everything competitive, to keep us at a high level, our goal has got to be that anything below that is is a step down from last year. So I think really my personal goals are to – what can I do to help elevate this team, elevate the community to push and see if we can get past and win a national championship, win a couple of rings, um, and just kind of always do better than last year. You talk about, you know, the goals on the soccer pitch, but outside of soccer, you know, when the career's over, what are you looking to do? You know, what are you studying in school right now? Uh, right now I'm a, I'm a public communications major with a focus in strategic communications. Um, 
I've always, I'm someone that always kind of wants to have soccer in their life. So of course, after I'm done playing at the collegiate level, I want to see how far I can play professionally, if that's an option for me. Um, and then of course, my goal is to always kind of keep the game with me. So I'd like to maybe get into coaching, start with like how I kind of did playing wise, start maybe with a younger academy team or club team, work, work my way up, get my different coaching license, you know, and kind of teach the game from my experiences to the next generations coming up and hopefully progress it to a college or professional career coaching as well. Now, you know, what, what pregame routines or, you know, pregame food or pregame music do you have to do before, you know, every game? Um, I, I don't have any two specific ones except just kind of keeping my routine. Usually I like to get to the locker room pretty early, shower, just get mentally prepared. We have a usually uh team, we have like a team dinner right before up at um in our Hall of Fame room where um, we all kind of joke about, but it's our favorite chicken Charlie's local chicken place here. Just some grilled chicken rice, can't go wrong, some vegetables, can't go wrong with it. Other than that, just hanging out, you know, I'm I'm someone that likes to have fun and a good time, especially getting ready for the game. So I'm more of a fast paced music kind of guy, something that can, you know, keep my energy up, get me ready for the game. Um, of course, there's, we have something, you know, on the, on the stereo in the locker room, everyone wants to switch it up a little bit, but we try to keep it, you know, happy, good vibes um, going into it. And then right before the game, just get everyone ramped up, good team talk and, and get out to the game. I noticed on your Instagram back in 2016, you know, you got the opportunity to watch one of the greatest players all, of all time, Messi. A mm -hmm. little bit of a two-parter here. One, is he the greatest of all time? And two, what's it like watching such a legend get to play in person? One, 100%, he's the greatest player of all time. I, he's one of the reasons, probably the main reason. I kind of fell in love with the sport. You know, I started watching soccer at a young age. And then once I saw him playing in his prime, it was it was game over for me. That's what I wanted, wanted to do um and seeing him play in person was it was surreal just not even yes he's a great player and what he does with the ball is magic and it's and it's unbelievable but just his presence like he steps out to warm up and everyone's phones are out recording him everyone's all eyes are on him no one cares about the other guys on the team even though that team was full of stars at the time you know people just they're screaming and and cheering him on just to watch him do free kicks in his warm-up and it's it's just this presence that he has that that um almost arrogance of yeah I am the best I'm gonna be the best and no one can really stop me is, is what really amazes me watching him now whether it be in the U.S. or in Europe you know do you watch you know soccer around and if so who are some of your favorite teams yeah um, I'm a big I watch a lot of soccer um my I'm an Arsenal supporter so it's been a good good year but tough tough couple weeks for us good great win yesterday against Chelsea but um it's been a, t a long couple of years for for us Arsenal fans, uh, but you know, Arteta's at the wheel now, so hopefully we can kind of keep it positive running. Um, growing up, I was always because of Messi a Barcelona fan as well. Um, but I would say my main those are my my main two teams is Arsenal's number one and Barcelona's number two. You know, being a, a Barca fan and then getting to play for them, you know, obviously you've already talked about it, but did that make it that much sweeter to get to, you know, wear that crest? Yeah, it really did. I mean, you know, growing up watching them was I know watching not just Messi, but Iniesta, Xavi, all those guys that in the midfield that played my position, that I was able to learn the same style of play they learned and kind of have the same youth and academy knowledge that they were given at my age. Um, it was pretty, it was really cool to watch. We would compare us to to those players and being able to compare yourself to the best of the best, even if it is just as an example, was very surreal. And having coaches that 
might have relationships with those types of players in the future that was coming up for La Masia was, was really promising and it was really gave a lot of hope for me and everyone else at the program. Whether it's, you know, soccer or life in general, who would you consider some of your role models? Uh, soccer, I mean, like you mentioned, Messi's a great one of mine. Um, another role model I've always loved was David Beckham, you know, just because of who he is on and off the field. He was a fantastic soccer player. But at the same time, you know, he was known for other things. He was known for his family. He was known for um, other businesses that he had. He really made a name for himself coming out of just a small place in England. Um, you know, and then, of course, family-wise, my father's always been a big role model for me. You know, I, I think he's been a great dad to me, a great, great person to look up to. So having him in my corner has always been amazing. Now, obviously, you don't have a lot of time outside of soccer, like a lot of free time. But if you do, like, what hobbies do you ever, like, you know, what do you like to do for fun? I uh, you know I'm a pretty relaxed guy. I like to hang out with my friends. Uh, I have a great house, great roommates, um, all my teammates. So, you know, we'll, we'll be playing FIFA. We'll be um, playing other video games and stuff like that. You know, just some good banter, watch some TV movies. Um, we're a big sports house in general. So, you know, we've been watching, watching the Celtics. We've been watching a lot of basketball in the playoffs starting up now. Um, Bruins were a tough hit to us being in New England, but uh, still watching a little bit of hockey. Uh, my, my family's a big hockey family back home. So, and we've been getting a lot of talk from them too. So, you know, pretty sports oriented and just finding time to hang out with everyone and enjoying that together. Celtics are down 1 0, right? And they're, you know, yeah. they're up against they're up against the MVP that was just I know, I know. What do you what do you think they need to do to, you know, turn it around and win that series? I don't know. It's it's been tough, man. I mean, so half half our house are Celtics fans from New England, and then yeah, we we have that one kid from Philadelphia in our house that you know, sitting down watching, you know, everyone's everyone's talking a lot of crap to each other and a lot of good banter. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not any basketball F, uh, expert or anything, but, you know, I thought Philadelphia watching them without Embiid the, defensively, they were just they're just great. You know, they're forcing a lot of shots from outside. So if we can figure out how to kind of utilize a little more like maybe Robinson getting underneath or just other big guys in the paint, that'd be probably the most useful way. I think we can just get more points on the board. You know, one last question here for you. So, you know, you talked about wanting to be a coach. What would you say is a piece or two of advice that you would share to those players that you might eventually coach? Uh, it might sound a little cheesy, but really just kind of be yourself. You know, you're always going to have players and other coaches and everyone just to kind of yell at you, tell you how you don't want to play, tell you how, like, what you should do on each position. But, you know, I feel like especially for a player like me, um, one of my strengths has always been like my creativity, my trying to combine and take players on and having that confidence to do that. You know, I feel like in my career, there's been times where I've been kind of discouraged from it. I've been yelled at. I've been I've been kind of told to play a simpler pass, just play back, connect rather than, you know, take guys on, turn, run at them, you know, try to make a more risky pass. And because if it pays off, it'd be great. If not, have the team behind you to defend. So, I mean, kind of having that unity of having the trust and ability in yourself and your teammates that, you know, I'm going to be able to give this guy the ball and he can turn, take three guys on or make the right decision. And if it doesn't come off, know that there's 10 guys behind him to help, you know, win the ball back and, and kind of counter press it. So. All right. Well, you know, like I said, that was the last question we had for you. So once again, Ryan, you know, thank you for coming on and telling your story to us. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, man. Ethan, you want to hit us with an outro? Of course. So for WFM Sports, I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Mizrak. And we're signing off. Hey, guys, Ethan, Jared. Thank you for listening to this episode of Double FM Sports. Jared's now going to talk about a partnership we've recently started with Made by Live. 
Made by Lev is a local clothing design brand here in my college town of Morgantown, West Virginia. They make shirts with some of your favorite West Virginia athletes on them for a bargain of a price. Be sure to head over to the Instagram at made.by.live with two V's today. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode and make sure to check Made by Live out.